Discussions Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things baseball. My name is Matthew Guir. Thank you for tuning in today. You know, last episode we did the AL transactions and um, off-season recap. The episode before that was the NL version of that. Uh, if you haven't heard either or or both, I recommend you go back. They're just, you know, shouldn't be too far back. Um, and check those out. We're getting ever so close to opening day. In fact, spring training starts in only five days. I'm recording this on uh, February 8th. Pitchers and catchers report the 13th. Cannot wait. It's a very exciting time. Uh, we're, we almost made it out. Almost made it out of the uh, the off season here. So since we almost made it out of the off season and um, we got we got baseball starting soon. I thought that I should start my division preview series. This is a series that I did. I'm trying to think, I think going into the 2021 season, took a break um, after that. Didn't I haven't podcasted in a while, but starting up again this year, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep that going. So today we're gonna go into the NL East. I'm gonna break down all five teams, kind of go over rosters, um, go over um, you know lineups, bench, rotation. Not really gonna look at bullpens unless it's like an elite pitcher in the bullpen. Sorry, bullpen guys, not really doing that. Also gonna look into projections um, in terms of like what the record, what I think the record's gonna be, and then any like potential storylines. You know, is someone gonna have a, ba- a bounce back year? Uh, did a team make a new acquisition? Is a team gonna miss somebody that left in free agency? All different kinds of things like that. So, starting off, we're gonna get into this right now. We are going to the. NL East champion division winners, the Atlanta Braves, last year were 101 and 61. Um, they had a really good year, obviously falling to the Phillies in the DS um, last year. So, uh, before I get started here, I just want to mention that all my um, the projected lineups and stuff, it's all uh, it's based on Fangraphs. So, if you are a Braves fan or another fan of an NL East team, and you hear me talking, and you're like, that's not what the lineup's going to be. Blame Fangraphs, I'm just copying it. So I wanted to note that. So, yeah, 2022 record, 101-61, and 61, over 100 wins. Um, obviously, in that heated battle with the Mets, didn't really get off to a great start last year. They absolutely surged once they hit, like, July, I believe. They were playing almost, like, 600 ball, which is crazy, maybe even seven. It was It was something insane. Um, and that's how they were able to catch the Mets. Um, obviously, then winning that tiebreaker, there was a series late in the year that ultimately won them the division and allowed them to skip the uh, the wild card rounds. Um, so yeah, going into this season, um, I would say the division's gotten a little. Uh, yeah, the division's gotten better. I'd say the Mets made moves. We'll get into Phillies made moves. We'll get into Marlins made some moves. So. And obviously, you're going to have a more balanced schedule, too. So the NL East teams aren't going to have that luxury of uh, feeding off Miami and Washington. Um, so I, my projection for their record this year is going to be 98-64. and 64. Um, Still insanely good. I still think the Braves, they're a machine. They're going to be really good. And, yeah, so let's get into that projected lineup real quick. So leading off, Fangraphs has right fielder Ronald Acuna. Um, Two-spot center fielder, Michael Harris, Deuce, who was absolutely insane last year, burst on the scene, 
and wouldn't every team like to have a guy who necessarily wasn't the highest touted prospect come in and just be insane? Uh, third baseman Austin Riley is going to be in the three spot. He is a perennial, you know, he's going to be an all-star for the next five, eight, ten years, whatever it is. Uh, he's going to be an MVP candidate, and yep, he's going to be in their three spot for a while. Um, in the four spot, it's going to be Matt Olson. Sean Murphy is going to be in the five spot, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, obviously acquiring him from the uh, Oakland A's this past offseason. At second base and batting six, going to be Ozzie Albies. Left fielder Eddie Rosario is going to follow him in the seventh spot. In the eighth spot, it's going to be DH, um, oh my goodness, Ozuna. And then ninth, ninth spot is going to be shortstop Vaughn Grissom. I totally forgot Ozuna's name. That's why I called him that. Marcelo Ozuna, I apologize. And then Vaughn Grissom in the ninth spot. Um, obviously, losing Dansby Swanson, um, you're going to have Vaughn Grissom get a lot more playing time. And then on your bench, you're going to have catcher Travis Darno. So Fangraphs thinks that Murphy's going to start. He probably will start the majority of the games at catcher, so you're going to get that. You're going to get um, Darno. He's definitely going to get his at-bats, though. He's If he's not playing catcher, he's going to be DHing. I think that this trade is simply to to allow Darno, you know, time to rest, getting a little bit older. Uh, he's not necessarily, like, old for a baseball player yet, but he's getting a little bit older and also has that injury history, so it's going to allow him to rest and then, you know, be as fresh as possible for the time the uh, the playoffs come around when the Braves are inevitably um, a part of that mix as well. Um, on the you know filling out the bench, you're going to have Util, uh, Orlando Arcia, Sam Hilliard, and Jordan Leplo. Um, and then quickly going through their rotation, you got Max Fried, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, who had an amazing year, and the returning Mike Soroka, which is insane because if you think back to I believe 20, oh boy, 2019, has it been that long? Or was it a 2020 season? He had, he was hurt, came back, immediately got hurt again. But when he was, like, playing, he was, you know, top of their rotation. So the fact that currently slotted in is their five, kind of insane. Um, and then bullpen-wise, not much. You're going to have Rossell Iglesias, who they traded for last year, A.J. Minter, Joe... Jimenez, Colin McHugh, Lucas Lucky, Kirby Yates, which totally forgot he was a player, Dylan Lee, and Dennis Santana. Um, and then you still have Huskar Yanoa, um, starting pitcher, who, you, if you remember, punched a wall after playing video games or something stupid like that and broke his hand. Um, he's injured. I'm trying to see. I don't see a return date. Uh, but he, oh, okay, he's not coming back. He had Tommy John in uh, September, so that's not happening. Yeah, didn't realize it was Tommy John. Okay, um, so yeah, so there's your roster for the Braves. Obviously, a stacked roster. Um, the majority of those players, especially in the in the lineup, are on extremely team friendly deals. Um, yeah, so getting into these storylines here. I mean, as I said, they won the division on a tiebreaker. Um, so, you know, that's a tightly contested race with them and the Mets. Lost in the DS to Philly. You know, they're going to come out hungry this year. I mean, you, they weren't supposed to lose to Philly. I mean, you ask literally anybody, any expert, any, you know, podcaster, writer, whatever it is, definitely pick the Braves in that series. Uh, moving on to uh, the, the Murphy acquisition here. So, as I said, Sean Murphy, um, the catcher from the Oakland A's, has about... Uh, Let's see. 
I'm trying to see. He only has three years of service time. So what? That means there's two and a half, two, three years of control left, I believe, if my math is right. So, like, he'll still be an ARB for another three years. Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, he'll be there for a while. Oh, what am I talking about? He also signed that extension right away. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so disregard me rambling there for a second yeah so they're gonna have Sean Murphy for a while um he's gonna slot into that five spot he's going to be um a really good um solid hitter and then also he's gonna play like gold glove in insane defense behind the dish uh currently Fangraphs has him sl- uh, s- uh slated for a 242 average 287 OBP and a 398 slug I that seems low does it not I don't know 14 home runs. I don't know. That seems a little low. Oh, wait. I'm totally not reading the right thing. Yeah, no, I am. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see with him. I think he's going to do better than that. But um, the Braves obviously benefit from that. Uh, Moving on, Strider and Harris. Uh, I I mentioned Harris before. Uh, Spencer Strider um, obviously burst onto the scene last year. He was the fastest to 200 strikeouts, or second fastest, barely behind Randy Johnson. It was something like that. But anytime you're, you know, there's a record and you're mentioned with Randy Johnson, I'd say you're doing pretty well for yourself. Uh, we'll see. Now, my concern here, uh, this is obviously biased Phillies fan as well, but um, is there a sophomore slump for either of these guys or both? You know, um, Spencer Strider, obviously a big part of that rotation. He's definitely the second best guy behind Max Fried there, um, you know, depending on what Mike Soroka is. But, I mean, we saw Strider kind of run out of gas in the DS against the Phillies. We saw, um, what was it? It was necessarily, I don't know if it was like an injury thing. I think it, it, it was an arm thing, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was like a shoulder and arm thing. His fastball just did not have the same zip it did because, trust me, there were a lot of Phillies games I remember watching where, he was completely dominant against them. So I don't, <coughs> excuse me, I don't necessarily believe there's going to be a sophomore slump for either of these guys, but I do think it's definitely one of, it's definitely something you have to consider. You know, I mean, they don't seem to be flash in the pan type players, but you never know. Um, yeah, and then again, just going off Fangrass projections, Strider projected for a 3, 3.13 ERA, 206 strikeouts. I mean, the ERA a little, is a little bit up than what he had last year, but the strikeout seems about right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, even if that's the case, you'd still take that because that's still, like, pretty much elite. Um, and then Harris, 275, 326, 466 with, a tw- with 22 Jimmy Jacks. Uh, yeah, that's that's that. And then, obviously, there's a glaring hole here is no Dansby Swanson. The Braves let him walk. I don't know if they tried to re-sign him if they offered him the extension it doesn't necessarily seem like it It seems like they were okay with just replacing him internally and that replacement comes in the form of Vaughn Grissom who let's see last year um he came up near the end of the year I remember um We'll see how he's projected for this year. It's supposed to be 263, 329, 396 with 11 home runs. Last year, he only played in... How many games did he get in last year? I'm trying to think. Wait. Um, he only played... Oh, he played in 41. In 41 games last year. A 291. 
Okay, 353, 440 slug, 792. So, yeah, I mean, that seems pretty good if, you know, they want to they wanna ride with him. I think that, that should work. Um, we'll see. We'll see, though, as the, uh, the season goes on. So, moving on, that's pretty much the Braves. We're going to now go to the team that finished in second place, which would be your New York Mets. They finished with, again, a 101-61 record, the exact same as the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they did get the second seed, um, well, sorry, second in the division because they lost that uh, tiebreaker to the Braves. Um, so my projection for 2023 for the Mets is actually 103-59. and I project them to be two games better than they were last year. I project them to outright win the NL East, no tiebreaker needed. Um, the Mets are really good. We'll get into why. Um, I'm going to go through their lineup first, but I think the Mets are going to do really big things. They were expected to do big things last year, and they flamed out against the Padres. Um, in the wild card round, which, you know, I think shocked Mex fans would be an understatement. So getting into their lineup, they're going to have center fielder Brandon Nimmo, who they just brought back on a big, uh, they re-signed, I was going to say extension, it's not an extension, they re-signed him, sent, uh, right fielder Starling Marte in the two spot, shortstop Francisco Lindor batting third, Pete Alonso is going to be batting fourth and playing first base. In the five spot, you're going to have second baseman Jeff McNeil. The six spots, D.H. Dan Vogelbach. Seven spot, left field Mark Canna. Eight spot, third baseman Eduardo Escobar. And then catching is going to be Omar Navarez, who they they signed him. They didn't trade for him. Yeah, they signed him. But I also have here, watch out for Francisco Alvarez, who's their top prospect right now, is catcher. Um, the hit tool is insane. Um yeah, I he's he came up for a spell last year along with Brett Beatty, who's a corner infielder. Um, you're gonna see, I I definitely think you're gonna see both of them, but just watch out for Alvarez. I mean, Novarez is no slouch necessarily, but you're def you know I think they're gonna ride with their guy there. Um, and then just moving on to their bench, you got catcher Thomas Nito, Darren Ruff, Luis Guillorme, and I totally forgot about this when I was checking out fan graphs. They signed Tommy Pham as well, so um, Ella's long, you know. As well as coming off the bench, you know, he'll probably be able to give Canna or, I don't know, Marte, people like that, um, some days off, and he's going to start some games. So, and then moving into their rotation, obviously losing Jacob to Grom. They brought in arguably a better pitcher. I don't know. I personally don't think so, but you can definitely have the conversation. I wouldn't be mad at you. They brought in Justin Verlander, the 2022 AL Cy Young. Winner, uh, 40 years old on an absolute, like, two years, 90 mil or whatever insane contract they brought him in on. They obviously still have Max Scherzer. They brought in Japanese pitcher um, Kodai Senga coming over from the, um, uh, was was it the KBO? No, I think it was the Nippon Professional Baseball League. Um, they brought him in. They still had Carlos Carrasco. And then they brought in Jose Quintana, which is going to be a very, very underrated signing. So, Getting into some storylines here. Oh, uh, sorry. Actually, before um, before we move on to the storylines, I do want to mention the Mets. Uh, the Mets bullpen. I mean, they brought back Edwin Diaz almost as soon as the offseason started. Um, 
They brought in Adam out of Vino, David Robertson, and then they still had uh, Brooks Raley. Oh, nope. They brought in Brooks Raley. I apologize. They brought in John Curtis, uh, Eliza Hernandez. So that would be the Mets bullpen. Let me see. Um, yeah. So we're going to move on now to some potential storylines. As I mentioned, they lost Jacob DeGrom, brought in Verlander, uh, which kind of plays into the entire uh, overarching like storyline of their offseason, which Steve Cohen going absolutely insane. He said, what's money? I don't care. This this doesn't matter to me. And he, he just burning through it. Over $300 million, it's in their payroll. They made a play for Carlos Correa for another $300 million contract. That fell through because of the ankle thing, but still absolutely insane he's catching a little bit of flack for it well I don't know if a little bit's the right word he's catching a lot of bit of flack for it from other owners who are claiming that uh we can't spend that kind of money but yeah you can because he just did so go for it um uh, some other storylines here uh, I just I just wanted to mention they lost that Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett two aspects of their rotation don't necessarily think they're gonna miss either of them too much but I mean it's a shake up a little bit the rotation isn't what it was last year and we'll kind of have to I mean Verlander Scherzer you know what you're gonna get Carrasco Quintana you're pretty confident you know what you're gonna get I think Kodai Senga is your wild card there which can turn them this rotation from you know a solid one with two top end aces at the top to you know or it could go the other way and it could be like a really really good one with three you know potential like all-star type pitchers and then Carrasco and Quintana being really good depth at the bottom of that so that's what you're going to look at I wrote down questionable bullpen as a storyline but after looking at their bullpen again I'm not really sure what I was thinking it looks pretty good on paper so we'll see with the Mets once again, I have them going 103 and 59, winning that division outright. I think they might have the best record in the National League. I got to look at the Dodgers because the Dodgers always seem to obviously do really, really well. So maybe they'll be second in that in that category. But regardless, yeah, there's your New York Mets. Moving on, your third place finishers and might I add, National League champions, your Philadelphia Phillies, who went. 87 and 75 in 2022. Lost in the World Series to Houston, as I mentioned. Um, didn't have necessarily <laughs> the best, uh, you know, regular season. Kind of had turned it on in the postseason, and then people forgot that they didn't have a good regular season, especially before Bryce Harper came back. They really weren't doing well. Joe Girardi getting fired, Rob Thompson coming in. Um, you know, I think a potential storyline there is absolutely Thompson's first full season. I mean, it, it's different, I think, when he comes in midseason. Guys like him, they're like, all right, let's play hard for this dude. And now we're going to have to face, um, you know, and, and now we're going to have to face the, uh, the grind of a full 162 and hopefully more playoffs after that. So, um, for 2023, I have the Phillies going 90 and 72. I know um, three games better than they did this past year. I think they're a 90 win team. I don't think they're much more than a 90 win team. I think that the Phillies are going to make it into the playoffs. They'll get probably the two or three, probably the two spot uh, in the wild card in the National League. Um, they made some good additions, but I 
you know, you all like if we were in the central, I think they had a they'd have a chance at, at winning it. But the fact that they're in the NL East, you're facing two juggernauts like the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets, um, that definitely hurts them, um, even with the balanced schedule coming this year. So getting into the lineup, they brought in the new $300 million man shortstop Trey Turner. He's going to be leading off, according to fan graphs here. I think you can interchange him and the next guy, left fielder Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Schwarber, obviously an unconventional leadoff hitter, but all the same, I... It, it worked because they got to the World Series. So I think you could go Schwarber-Turner um, in 1-2, or you can go Turner-Schwarber. I don't think it matters, but I do want them think they need to be consistent once they, they, they figure it out. I don't, you know, one thing that um, Joe Girardi did last year was, I mean, maybe it was to help the struggling team to find a spark, but there was a lot of shuffling of the lineup in terms of, like, batting order and stuff, and I don't think that helped anybody. So, uh, moving on, in three spot, you're going to have first baseman Reese Hoskins, who actually is on his last year of his uh, rookie deal with the Phillies. Um, in the four spot, catcher JT Realmuto. Five spot, right fielder Nick Castellanos. Six spot, DH Derek Hall. Seven spot, third baseman Alec Bohm. Eight spot, second baseman Bryson Stott. And in the ninth spot, rounding things out, center fielder Brandon Marsh. Going through the bench real quick, you're going to have backup catcher Garrett Stubbs. Um, you're going to have infielder, well, two infielders, Edmundo Sosa and the newly signed Josh Harrison. And then your fourth outfielder is going to be Dalton Guthrie, who's kind of quad A guy. I don't expect much, but you need a fourth outfielder there. So he is filling that. And then the rotation is going to go Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Taiwan Walker, uh, Ranger Suarez, and then as of right now, penciled in is Bailey Falter. Um, we'll get into who that could be, I think, towards the end of the season um, once we start with the storylines, which we're going to do right now. So, moving, yeah, so we're going to start these storylines. So, obviously, reading out that lineup, you're like, Bryce Harper's not in there. But you'd be correct. He had surgery on his UCL in his throwing arm, which obviously can't be playing after that so he's out until uh, the timeline they have I think they but they said the all-star game around that time so you know we're gonna go like mid to early sometime July hopefully um not July I'm sorry June Blech. so you're gonna have that um the team is going to have to uh, once again you know tread water at least be around 500 and then they can they'll be able to turn it on when he gets back they were able to do it last year it wasn't pretty at times but i i you know with the addition of turner that's another bat that'll help and and yeah so that's that uh they i'm gonna go through the the quick free agents they signed they signed trey turner craig kimbrell matt strom taiwan walker trader for gregory soto dave dombrowski definitely not standing idly by they got there they lost the thing the world series i'm talking about he wants to win the thing so I respect that. I, you know, not being content about just getting there. Um, he wants to go all the way next time. So there's that. Um, another thing, uh, Nick Castellanos wasn't great last year, and that's putting it nicely. Can he bounce back? Currently, like I said, slated in that five spot. Um, if he if he's Nick Castellanos, that you know all Philly fans were very excited to to get before he played this uh, past 2022 season if he's that guy this year 
the, the lineup suddenly looks a whole, whole, whole lot better, especially with progressions from, you know, like Alec Bowen, Bryson Stott, guys like that. Um, speaking of Bryson Stott, what is the progression of Bryson Stott and specifically Brandon Marsh going to look like? Um, first with Stott, he's projected for a 248, 315, and 390 slash line with 12 home runs, which is respectable. I think he can hit better average-wise in 248. I kind of see him more at like a 260, 265 maybe. Um, not a ton of pop, so, you know, the slug seems about right. Maybe, I mean, 390 is kind of low, but still, I mean, he's not, you know, we'll see what we get there. Um, and then with Brandon Marsh, let's, it, it hasn't been great, um, for his uh, MLB career so far at the dish. He's a really good defensive outfielder, which is why the Phillies traded for him. But um, it hasn't been great at the plate. So the hope now is that batting uh, batting coach, or batting coach, hitting coach Kevin Long is going to be able to get to him like he got to Bryson Stott, like he got to um, someone like, I don't even know. I'm kind of blanking on another example. But the, the thought there is that they'll be able to work with him. He's currently slated for a 230, 294, and 360 with 11 home runs. So, not again, not great. He's definitely going to be out there for his defense. I'm not claiming that he's all of a sudden going to turn into Barry Bonds at the plate. But, you know, I, I think that that is something that currently Phillies fans are optimistic about, but we'll see. And then, you know, my last thing here is, is the bullpen now – considered a strength um obviously years past the Phillies bullpen has been the butt of every single joke they were really bad like real like historically going back to like 1920s Royals or something like that it was something crazy they were really 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 bad um currently as it stands they have Sir Anthony Dominguez Jose Alvarado Craig Kimbrell Gregory Soto Andrew Bellotti, Matt Strom, Connor Brogdon, and Nick Nelson. So it's not going to blow anyone out of the water. It certainly isn't the best in the league. But considering where we were even two years ago, I would say that this, this bullpen is has the potential to be really, really good. There's a lot of hard-throwing guys with nasty stuff. Control is, like, you know, control of the pitches is going to be the biggest problem if there is a problem. Um, you know, two out walks, things like that, those really hurt. But you're going to see a lot of strikeouts out of this group. That's one thing I can promise you. So, yeah, once again, 90 and 72 is my 2023 projection for your Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, moving on now to the Miami Marlins, who I have slated. Oh, you know, nope, not doing that yet who finished in 2022 with a 69-93 and 93 record, so putting it generously, not too well. Um, I have them slated for 73-89, and 89, improving, but only incrementally. Um, they made a few additions that I think they're going to prove to be good additions. Um, we'll get into that with the top of their lineup, starting with second baseman Luis Arise, or... Yeah, Arise, I believe that's how you say that. Uh, traded over from the Twins, obviously getting rid. Getting rid, that's harsh. Trading away Pablo Lopez to back to Minnesota. Uh, moving on with their lineup, second base. Nope, not second baseman anymore. Third baseman, Gene Segura, uh, my girlfriend's favorite player. Hi, Remy, if you're listening. Um, moving on now to third 
in the lineup, center fielder Jazz Chisholm Jr., which is a big thing that I'm eager to watch. Uh, Jazz, obviously, an all-time athlete, just not baseball player yet, but, like, athletically, he's really good. I want to see if he's able to, to pick that up because there's a lot of guys that think they can and they don't, but then again, there's also guys like Kike Hernandez, Cody Bellinger, who that's not their first position. They go out there and they're good at it. So we'll see with Jazz. Um, the four spot, first baseman Garrett Cooper, fifth spot, right fielder Avisel Garcia, six spot, DH Jorge Soler, seven spot, shortstop Joey Wendell, which that should be interesting because defensively he's not the best. Left fielder um, Brian De La Cruz is going to be hitting eighth and rounding things out in the nine spots catcher Jacob Stallings. Uh, going to their bench real quick, their backup catchers Nick Fortes. Two utility guys are John Birdie and Josh, Gro- jo- uh, Josh Groshans. I can't talk, which that's a problem if you're doing a podcast. Uh, sorry, it's not even Josh. It's Jordan. I got his name wrong. I apologize. And then outfielder Jesus Sanchez. And then rounding out the rotation real quick, we're going to go to uh, Sandy Alcantara, Johnny Cueto, Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, and Trevor Rogers. Um, there's some names there, but then there's also some question marks, so we'll get into all of that when we start our storylines. Um, so the first thing I've written down here for storylines, I have not a lot of power, but the, the top six of Arise, Segura, Chisholm, Cooper, Garcia, Soler, I mean, obviously, it's not going to compete with the Braves, Mets, or even the Phillies, I'd say. But compared to Marlins teams of the past, that is something. Joey Wendell can also hit, like, somewhat decently. Brian De La Cruz, um, there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of swing and miss and a lot of strikeouts and all that. But there is pop. And then Jacob Stallings, when he was with the Pirates, was actually a very good, very, a good serviceable offensive catcher. His uh, numbers fell off a cliff this past year when he went to Miami, though, I do have to say. Um... Yeah, so there's that. You know, the the slugging isn't gonna be there, but if they're gonna slap the ball around a little bit, especially with that top of the lineup, you gotta rise, Segura, uh, get on base, and then one of Chisholm or Garrett Cooper can knock them in. I mean, there's definitely a recipe there. Win some one or two run games with that really good rotation. Um, you know, as I said uh, before, they're gonna pitch. It just really relies on the offense. Um, yeah. So I also did want to mention that with a really good year this year, Jazz Chisholm, I think, can be like a big breakout guy. He already had himself a decent enough, like a pretty good year last year until he got hurt. So I think, not that people don't necessarily remember it, but I was definitely shocked when I looked at his numbers. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't realize he was that good. He's a very marketable player, as is evident uh MLB The Show 23, he's on the cover of that. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So, like, things are turning around in Miami. They're still not going to be great, you know, as I have 73 and 89, but they're not going to be, like, bottom, bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? And then, also, I did mention, traded away uh, Pablo Lopez. Also traded away Miguel Rojas to the um, Los Angeles Dodgers, who actually just signed an extension, so good for him. Um... And you're also probably going to see J.J. Boudet and Jacob Amaya. I wanted to mention that. They're not on the uh, Major League roster here on Fangraphs, like the projected lineups or the bench or anything, but they're, like, right there. Um, So they're going to get significant playing times in the 
in the majors as well, I think. So there's your Marlins. Not going to be great, but like the top six of the lineup and then that rotation, I th- they'll be able to win some games. So 73 and 89 for the Miami Marlins. And last, but eh, kind of least, sorry, Washington, is the Washington Nationals, who in 2022 went 55 and 107. Losing 107 games. Oh, boy. Uh, in 2023, I have them going 53-109. and 109. I think it's going to get worse. I really do. Um, and once I read this lineup, I really think you're going to agree with me. So leading off for them, you have right fielder Lane Thomas. Second in the two spot, sorry, shortstop C.J. Abrams. The third spot, D.H. Joey Manessis. Fourth spot, catcher Kybert Ruiz. Five spot, left fielder Corey Dickerson. Six spot, Third baseman, Jimer, or Heimer, not entirely sure, Candelario. Seventh spot, second baseman, Luis Garcia. Eighth spot, first baseman, Dom Smith. And rounding things out in center field is Victor Robles. Reading their bench real quick, catcher Riley Adams. Util Ildemaro. Okay, how's my pronunciation there? Ildemaro Vargas, outfielder Alex Call, and outfielder Stone Garrett. And then their rotation is Josiah Gray, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Williams, Cade Cavalli, and Mackenzie Gore. Um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. This year for the Washington Nationals, it's another step in their rebuild. It's another step, um, you know, it could be somewhat interesting to watch specific players, but it's not necessarily going to be a fun um, like thing to watch the team as a whole. Uh, this is a team that's going to hope to get some performances from their young guys that keep progressing. Progressing, They're going to hope to maybe... Um, they, they brought in Candelario and Dom Smith and kind of took flyers on them. They both have had good years in the past, but it hasn't been great as of recently. So maybe they'll, you know, they'll change the scenery with Candelario in Detroit, Dom Smith in, New York, in Queens, you know, playing for the Mets. Um, maybe things get turned around. Um, I don't know how confident I am in it, but we shall see. Um, so yeah, looking, uh, at my storylines here, I already covered one without even looking up my paper. We got, uh, we'll look to trade away pieces at the deadline. You know, maybe a Joey Manessis goes off again, like he was doing at the end of last year when they traded away their whole team. Um, maybe, like I said, Dom Smith, Candelario, I don't know what Corey Dickerson con. Corey Dickerson's contract looks like, but maybe there's a spot there for him to uh, fill in the bench of like a potential um, contender towards the end of the season. Um, you're also going to be looking for, like I said, progression from young players, specifically, in my opinion, C.J. Abrams in the lineup. Um, he was on the Padres last year, came over in that Juan Soto trade. Um, he was getting a lot of starting time for the Padres. He didn't do like amazingly but it wasn't bad either he was let me get his projections up uh currently fangraphs has him slated to hit 262 303 and a 388 so not a ton of pop there 11 home runs 18 stolen bases but he's good defensively and then he's going to be able to slap that ball around in, in the two spot and then another um potential uh, like person you're going to be watching to see the progression in my opinion is Cade Cavalli um he's going to be in the starting rotation supposed to be very good he um 
He was drafted in the first round of the 2020, uh, 2020 draft. Um, and t- his projections, uh, oof, that's actually not great. 4.35 ERA, 113 strikeouts to 52 walks um, and 117 innings pitch. So, like, I don't know. We'll see. You're going to have Mackenzie Gore there as well, who came over in that same uh, Padres trade that uh, C.J. Abrams did. Kind of, he was a very highly touted prospect that it just hasn't worked out. So maybe you know the change of scenery will help him out too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have for them. It's not going to be fun. You're hoping individual players will take steps, but as a team, I don't necessarily see them competing at all. Um, just looking into their, uh, yeah, I was looking into their bullpen, but even there, there's not too many guys that that you think are going to be good enough to to get traded at the deadline to get some some prospect capital back. So, yes, there is your Washington Nationals, and that's going to round out the NL East. Uh, Once again, just kind of going through my predictions, I got the Mets winning uh, the division. I got the Braves in a close second with the Phillies about 10 games back of that um, at 90 wins, Um, the Marlins behind them, and then Washington rounding things out at the end. So that's going to be our episode. I appreciate you from listening. Um, I, I realize that I ramble a little bit sometimes and I talk really fast and it could be somewhat hard to follow. But if you did make it all the way to the end of the episode, I really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, if you know of anyone um, that might enjoy, um, you know, listening to me talk about baseball for a little bit, I do you know, really do ask that you share this and pass it along. Uh, follow the uh, Instagram at Dinger Discussions. There's a TikTok coming at what as well. Haven't done that just yet, but very very soon that'll happen. And then our next episode, um, we are going to be looking at the NL Central preview. So I appreciate everyone listening. Thanks. <laughs>